Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Today we want to look at Acts chapter 27 and it's about Paul's journey to Jerusalem. I mean, Paul's journey to Italy, Rome from Jerusalem. Let's look at Acts chapter 27 verse 1 to 12. Acts chapter 27 verse 1 to 12. And let us pray. Father, we ask that you speak your truths to us, that as we see your hand at work, as we see you guiding us, even through difficult times, we may know that you're always watching over us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 27 verse 1. When it was decided that we would sail for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius, who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. We boarded a ship from Andromitium, about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia. We put out to sea. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. The next day we landed at Sidon, and Julius, in kindness to Paul, allowed him to go to his friends so they might provide for his needs. From there we put out to sea again and passed to the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us. When we had sailed across the open sea off the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we landed at Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy and put us on board. We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving off Snitus. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the lee of Crete opposite Salome. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Havens near the town of Lustia. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was the day of atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbour was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbour in Crete, facing both southwest and northwest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Paul had begun his journey to Italy. After all the trials and hearings, court hearings that he had in Jerusalem, he was finally leaving for Rome. But Rome wasn't something, going to Rome in chains wasn't something that he had hoped for or expected. Of course, he wanted to go to Rome as a prisoner. I mean, to go to Rome as a missionary, but not like this, in chains. And the journey from Jerusalem to Rome was, as we can see here, a very difficult one. I guess you could say that nothing good was happening. I mean, Paul had to appeal to Caesar because he had no choice. Festus had already decided that if Paul had not chosen to go to Rome, he would have sent Paul back from Caesarea to Jerusalem. And there on the way to Jerusalem, he would be ambushed and killed. Festus had already agreed to the Jewish plot to kill him. Paul had no choice but to ask to see, to be defended against charges 
and judged by Caesar. But that wasn't the best because as Agrippa said, hey, if Paul had actually um, not asked to go before Caesar, he would have been set free. Paul would now have just continued on his missionary journeys and perhaps even gone to Rome on his own volition. But this wasn't to be. And then began his very difficult journey. As we read in this passage, it was the winds were against them, there were delays, they, the journey was unpredictable, he was in chains. Travelling like this is certainly dreary and dreadful. It's not something one enjoys. Reading this passage, one gets the feeling that nothing was going right for Paul. Storms, delays, closed ports. What more could go wrong? Sometimes we feel that way in our lives too. That everything seems to go wrong. The wicked people have their way. Disasters happen to us. And one of the things then that we, I want to point out, and I want to bring out two truths from here for us to reflect. One of it is the ability to see God's hand at work in the midst of our trials. Now Luke took great pains to describe this journey, the number of ports he went to, the difficulty of going against the wind and the delays. In fact, Luke had written that in verse 9 that much time had been lost. In verse 8, it says that we moved along the coast of difficulty. It was a very difficult journey. But in the midst of it, Luke took time to describe how Paul had won the favour of Julius the centurion, the one who was in charge of Paul. And this person, this centurion, gave special kindness to Paul allowing his friends to minister to him and probably preparing him for the journey ahead. Seeing the hand of God in all of these unfortunate events, that's so important in our lives. That throughout our difficult journeys in life, and there may be times when you're just going through very hard times, it's important to see that God actually is in the picture and providing pro- opportunities, providing blessings along the way, even preparing us for a difficult journey. In a lot of my counselling work, I found that many people through difficult hardships have come to be hyper-vigilant. That means always sensitive, always suspicious, always expecting the worst to come. How often we have become that way, anxious all the time, worried that something bad may befall us. And often I found that this comes through years and years of seeing that bad things always happen to us. And one of the things then that I try to work out with these persons is to bring them back to those times, asking them to think how whether God was involved in their lives in those difficult times. How did they survive? How was it that when they went through the most difficult times in their lives, they were able to find resolution, they were able to find solutions, that things just turned out right? And I asked them to think about how these things happened. And often the conclusion was that something happened that changed things, that made 
life easier, that sometimes there was provisions that were given even before the trials, slowly able to see that God was in the picture despite the difficulties that they faced. And often it was God preparing the way for them. It's, as, it's very necessary as we go through difficult times to pause and think back how is God involved in this story? Was he there before the trial started, preparing us, giving us provisions in many ways, so that when these problems came, we actually were provided for in many ways? Or even during the trials, God continued to provide. Just yesterday, I met up with the son, a young man whose father had a second stroke and was about to go and the doctor said he could pass away anytime. And of course, this young man was distraught. But at the same time, he was able to see that there was divine intervention. And this young man wasn't a Christian and yet he realised that there were things that were happening that were more than coincidences. He shared of how in the first time that his father had a stroke in January, that he had just left his job a day before his father had the stroke. And because he had left his job, he was able to take care of his father. This young man did not have a very close relationship with his father. It was stormy very often. And yet when his father was in hospital, this young man spent much time in the hospital with his father. I had a conversation with his father sometime after, after his stroke when he was recovering. And there was a sense by this man that his son loved him. You see, for some time, this, son, this, this friend of mine didn't know whether his son was loved, loved him or not because there was so much friction. And yet when he was in, in hospital, the son spent much time with him, nursing him, talking to him, encouraging him. And he realised that his son actually did love him. But that was the first incident. Just a week ago, he had, my friend had a second stroke and this time it was debilitating. But the son was sharing of how he would stay at his friend's house most of the time. But the night before his father had the stroke, he just felt intuitively a need to go home to stay, to sleep. And so he went home the next morning discovered that his father had a stroke and he, while his father was still conscious, he washed his father, took care of him and then rushed him to the hospital. It was like the last time he saw his father conscious or that his father was conscious enough to see his son. And the last act that his son did up to this point was an act of love, of cleaning him up, watching over him. Although the son is very distraught, he's grateful for these two incidents. And he wonders whether it was divine intervention or whether it could was just a coincidence. For how could it be that he had two chances to express his love to his father? And he, made, he was able to make use of those chances to let his father know that he loved him. I wonder too, hardships. Now this friend of mine is in a coma and he might go any time. 
But just the thought that his last conscious moments were spent with his son helping him and cleaning him up and expressing love to him, isn't that preparation from God even for a difficult time like this? And for the son then to know that even though there were rocky moments with his father, that the times that were special and needful from his father were times of love. I want us all to take time as we go through these difficult times to think back, has God done intervened in your situation? Has God even prepared you for these difficult situations? And then, perhaps to see the hand of God in your life, throughout your life. It makes a great difference to you because as you are able to see God's hand in your life, it takes away much of the anxiety, knowing that God is very much involved in your life and will continue to be so. The second thought I want to talk about is that of hurry. That hurry is a great enemy of perspective. Hurry is a great enemy of perspective. People, the ships, the centurion, the prisoners, the navigators, and all were in a hurry. Verse 9 says, Much time had been lost. And they were approaching the Day of Atonement, which was nearing autumn and the windy season, and it was difficult to travel. But the people, the majority, in verse 12 it says that the majority decided that we should sail on. And the centurion, listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. The centurion, the pilot, the owner of the ship, they were all in a hurry to make it to their destination. Nothing else was on their minds. They couldn't see the dangers. They couldn't see the possible crisis and disasters that could befall them because they were in such a hurry to make it to the destination. But it's not just them. Because this hurry, hurriedness, is a problem for most of us. When young, we are in a hurry to make our careers, to rise up the corporate ladder. We are in a hurry to make the big salaries. We are in a hurry to get married, to have children maybe even. We are hurried to even get to know God as fast as possible. We are hurried people. And often when things delay us, it makes us even more hurried. All of us experience this. We were planning on, we had many plans, plans for outreach, plans for expanding church service, plans for having great things. And then disruption after disruption after disruption. And sometimes these disruptions make us even want to hurry more. But hurriedness is the enemy of perspective. What is more important is that we step back and ask ourselves, what do we see in this situation? Just as Paul took a step back and saw that it would be dangerous to move on, to hurry on, he had perspective, the others didn't. So it's important for us all also 
to ask, to take perspective and to, in the face of hurry, to pause and ask ourselves, what is God saying to us? Take, for example, this often cited thing that because of COVID, we are getting more and more distant from each other. And that is true to a large extent. But I wonder whether at the time pre-COVID, when we all had opportunities to interact with each other, whether we even spent time with each other. Could COVID have been worse? Or are there possibilities of it being better? Because at those times when we saw each other, our greetings were often fleeting. We just said hi and bye. Good to see you and we assumed that everything was alright. But I've seen among our members that at the COVID time, they actually take time to visit one another. They visit those who have, they've not heard from for some time. Phone calls are made. Real connections are made. Sure, we wouldn't say that of everyone. But of many of our members, I would think that there are real connections even at the time at COVID, or maybe especially during COVID. And so we must ask ourselves before we rush back into reopening our churches and all that, have we really cared for each other? That's the perspective, isn't it? It's not about waiting for church to reopen and then think that paradise has come back. But rather at this time when we are separated from each other, then it's important to look at our connections and ask ourselves, are we really connecting? And when we begin to do so, then we are ready for the opening because when we have started connecting, when it's hard to do, we will be able to connect even better when things get easier. But it's the same for many other issues. If you are in a hurry to rise up the, the climb up the corporate ladder, have we even paused to ask, do I really like this job? Is this really what God is leading me to? Or have I just blindly rushed with all my colleagues and all my peers to get to the top or get at least higher up the corporate ladder? Is this really what my life is about? Have we paused to ask ourselves that question? And if it is what we really want, have we taken time instead of rushing up the corporate ladder to learn the skills that are necessary for today? Have we spent that time savoring our jobs building relationships, improving our skills, not just our degrees, but our skills that equip us. You know, one of the things that we have these days is the paper chase, right? And we're all in a hurry. We want to get certificate after certificate. And I know that many of us, for many of us, we don't learn very much. We just get that certificate and we show it to our prospective employers but sometimes we go through the motion and we haven't even had an education. We haven't even learned what we got a degree for. And perhaps instead of rushing, we should take time to see if we have really learned what we sat for, the studies that we took. Now that is calls for time and calls for perspective. And so before we rush off into doing something else that seems urgent, let's pause and take a step back and ask God, God, give me perspective. Open my eyes to see what the situation is. Because I suspect that these 
interruptions. These disruptions may very well be from God to stop us on our tracks, in our tracks, before we hurry on to do things that may not matter. But as God stops us in our tracks, He forces us to be still and to take perspective. And God will give it to us. Let us pray. Father, help us to know how involved you are in our lives. That often in the challenges of life, in the most difficult times of our lives, you are there with us. And you make preparations for us, you provide for us, as you provided for Paul for that long journey, by allowing his friends to minister to him. You often do that for us too. You provide us the resources before you, before we face the difficulties. And even as we face difficulties, you are there to continue to provide for us. We ask, Lord, that you open our eyes to see that in each of the calamities and each of the crises that we encounter, you are there with us. You are there before us, you are there with us, and you will be there after we have gone through and come out of these crises. Father, we also ask that you cause us to see that disruptions and delays are often your way of telling us, stop hurrying, and calling us to take perspective of what we want with our lives and what is ahead and what is present with us. So God, we ask that you cause us, teach us, not to panic when there are delays and disruptions, and never to be in a hurry, but that we may live our lives unhurriedly, gaining perspective from you as you lead us from one adventure to the next. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, do have a very good week ahead. God bless you and goodbye.